the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A freedom that is compromised? Well, there's no freedom at all. We'll talk about that here today on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. Make it a point to join us. If you are free in Christ, you are free indeed. However, if you are free in Christ plus the law, well, it's not really freedom, is it? It's a compromise. Hi there. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Today, as we continue our series out of Galatians, The Gospel Brings Freedom, we run across a gospel freedom that must not be compromised. And Paul is pretty emphatic on this point as we'll see why here today. Won't you join us? Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's program, Truth For Today. In Christ, we're one people, not two people. If you want to stay kosher, that's all right. But when you're with these Gentiles, don't send out a message that maybe we've got to be kosher in diet in order to really be clean before God. So, uh, he withdraws. And what was just dastardly about it is the effect all of a sudden Barnabas caves in another stalwart leader and uh, then all of a sudden uh, the other Jewish converts up in Antioch they follow Peter and so we've got an immediate click in the church that says here's the pure group and here's the dirty Gentiles and then brother Paul shows up and uh, what does he do? He said, I opposed him. I withstood him. And when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you're living like a Gentile, not like a Jew. You've been eating Gentile food. You've been hanging out with Gentile believers. How is it then that you're forcing Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. In the Jewish language of the day, to be a Gentile was to be an outrageous sinner. So they're synonymous. We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law because by observing the law, no one, Jew or Gentile, will ever be acceptable to God. You folks who love works religion, you like codes, you like standards, you like all that stuff, Keep them all you want, but you'll never get a status of being right before God on the basis of rules, even rules revealed at Mount Sinai, 613 of them. A man or woman can only be right with God by faith alone. 
And he's going to show you that in chapter 3. Even our father Abraham was not justified by the law, for he was before the law. He was justified by faith alone. This causes reformations. When a Martin Luther in his town has a man, Tetzel, come to his town and say, if you'll buy some indulgences, you'll not only help us rebuild St. Peter's Basilica, but you can cut off a hundred years from your mother's death and her survival in purgatory. Buy the indulgences, and we'll cut off a hundred years of eternity in hell for her. And they had a little rhyme by which they sold. Every time St. Peter hears the coin ring, another soul from purgatory springs. And Martin Luther, a devout Jesuit, no Augustinian monk, sleeping on a piece of plywood for a bed, fasted three to four times a day, went to Rome to say, what is this? Tetzel up in Germany trying to raise money and telling our people you can cut off a hundred years just by buying an indulgence. And while he was on the steps crawling up to pray, Romans 1, 16 and 17 rolled through him. The just shall live by faith. And he went back to his little parish. I visited the church he pastored. A little place and he nailed 95 theses. A man can never be right with God by crawling on his knees, by bleeding, by giving money to the church. He's only declared right before God on the basis of faith in Christ alone. Not circumcision, not offerings, not religion. What did Paul do? He rebuked him well and hard for his hypocrisy. And then he preached, really, the rest of the chapter is his rebuke message to all of these false brethren that had done in their beloved Peter and beloved Barnabas. We just shook hands on the gospel. We just, you extended me the right hand of fellowship. What sold you out? Let me say a few things by way of getting this lesson. Had Paul not withstood these men, and if this would have won the day, we would have had one Lord, but two different tables to eat at. I couldn't take communion with Deborah. She's a Jewish girl. To say, nope. And to her being the only known Jew, and her husband being the only known Jews, we'd have to say, well, we're serving communion. Since you're Jewish, would you get up in the foyer, and we'll serve you communion out there? Because this is a Gentile Lord's Supper. And Paul said, there's one Lord and one people of God, and we refuse from the beginning of the church to build again the wall that the law erected, that the Gentiles were out, the Jews were in, and then what happened to the Jews? They begin to say in Romans 9, we will establish our own righteousness. And so that when the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ came, they rejected him and stumbled over him because they said, we're zealous to establish our own righteousness by our own good works. And the heartbreak of Judaism is in all of its religion. It does not make a man right with God because the only one in their religion that can make you right is Messiah. Let me say something about Jewish people. 
I spent the summer in Manhattan with, took Sabbat. Guess what? Carol and I and one other woman were the only three Gentiles, and we were with a bunch of Russian Jews. They couldn't even speak English. Uh, broken. They had an interpreter. And uh, another Jewish friend of mine from Vacaville, we met in Queens, New York, on a Friday night to take Sabbat. I'm going to tell you, I could be Jewish easy, just the way they eat at Sabbat. That was great. Man, it was just wonderful. And we're there, and we all took the cup together, broke the bread together, because we were there together to reach people on the streets of New York for Christ. But you've got to watch this. I'm going to tell you some things about Jewishness. These are common errors. When you're doing, dealing with a Jewish person, often this is what the rabbis have told them. You cannot be Jewish and Christian. Because if you become a Christian, you give up being Jewish. That is a lie. That would be like telling an African-American, an Irishman, or telling me, as soon as you become a Christian, you give up your ethnic connection. Jews are Jews over two things, race and religion. Now, I know so many Jews that don't even go to synagogue. Uh, Mary, Shirley McLean is their Lord God, because I met them. Shirley tells them what to do. And, and my daughter worked with a, uh, a psychologist. And I met her. He said, Dadeshi's Jewish, be careful. I said, are you a pagan Jew or an Orthodox? She said, what? I said, well, are you a New Ager or do you go to synagogue? Well, I am a New Ager. Well, you bought into the pagan Gentiles religion, haven't you? So you're only genetically Jewish. I worship the God of Abraham. You worship the God of idolatry. And Deborah quickly got me out of the office. <laughs> she said, I'm going to lose my job. I'm never bringing, I'm not introducing you to any more of them again, never. I said, well, she's a pagan Jew. She's a pagan Jew. She's genetically, racially, ethnically Jewish. She can, belongs to one of the 12 tribes. And she doesn't know the 12 tribes because the genealogies have been lost. But you'll watch a, a Larry King He'll get a John MacArthur on there. Or they'll get a Dave Brickner. And they'll set up racial kind of questions. And, and I, I've heard King do this question. Uh, do you believe a Jew will go to hell who does not become a Christian? Now watch that. Why doesn't he ask, do you believe a Caucasian will go to hell? Or a black man? Or a Mexican? Or, uh, you know... Darth Vader, somebody. Because it's not a racial issue. Because no race, and, and this is the, the offense to Jewish people, you're saying I'm going to hell. And the way it's interpreted is because of my race. Because I'm a Jew, I'm going, no, 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 no. No one's going to heaven or hell because they're black, white, brown, yellow, ethnicity will never get anybody to heaven. So we're not anti-Jewish. Matter of fact, you Gentile Christians, hear me. You know what one of the greatest plagues on Jewish evangelism is? 
is you keep saying they're already saved because they're Jewish. And you're not saved because you're Jewish. You're saved because you put faith in Jesus Christ. And that's every race. Every race. So, when you're around Jewish people, what should you do? Feed them. They love to eat. Love them. Care for them. And give them the good news that their Messiah that we all agreed to crucify. Don't make that he was just crucified by the Jews. That's another thing that we get from the Catholics from the 1500s. We kill the Jews because they're Christ killers. You were too. I believe the Roman government was Gentile. Right? I don't hear you. Three Jewish trials, three Gentile trials. It was Roman soldiers who put him on the cross. It was a Roman government that had a man wash his hands of the king of kings when he knew he was not guilty. He washed his hands. But guess what? In hell, his hands are still dirty. You can't wash your hands of Christ. What have you done with Christ? And then the Jewish people, their great folly, the chief cornerstone came. Instead of building their life on him, they tripped over him. They stumbled, and they've been stumbling for 2,000 years. You know what you owe, Jewish people? The good news that Messiah has come and he is God's Passover lamb for their sins and he wants to save them by putting their faith in Jesus Christ. And it's what you owe to an Irishman. It's what you owe to an African-American. It's what you owe to a Latino. It's what you owe to the human race. Christ alone will save you on the basis of faith and he cares not one whit about your ethnicity. He'll retain that. So what if I'm a Jewish person? I become a believer. What do, do I give up my Jewishness? Never, never. I married John and Deborah. My lands, they brought in elements of Jew, uh, Jewishness. Good night. We never want to get rid of the contribution of this people to the human race. Do we? Music. Brilliance. We just want them to see the folly. You can't be accepted to God because you're related to Abraham, because he told Abraham, by the way, what was Abraham before he was Jewish? He was a moon worshiper. He acted like a pagan Gentile. We got Heber out of Abraham, but Abraham, what was he? And, and I believe we got a whole bunch of folks that come out of him that aren't Jewish called Ishmaelites. And they've been fighting with Jews for years. Know that our gospel is universal to the Jew first and then to the rest of the world. And that's just the way Acts developed it. But I want you to say, you must beware of compromising the gospel. And I close with a story that brings it away from the ethnic issue. I think of um, when I started Valley Bible, 71, uh, I had just come to believe. I had just come to understand justification by faith, really, in Bible college. I never knew what it was, that you'd be right with God solely on the basis of Christ. I, and then in understanding it, it led to my exit from the dear people that I met Christ among and uh, changed some of my views. So I start Valley. Now, now I grew up... Um, you know, saved in the 50s, 60s, you always dressed the best you could. You cut your hair. 
that kind of stuff. Just kind of Midwestern Christianity, pretty strict. Uh, There's about 80 things we couldn't do. And, but, you know, saved, really saved. And, but, and then all of a sudden we start this little, little church down the dance hall. And you can't believe the stuff God was giving me. I mean, kids that, I don't know if they showered, let alone cut their hair. I mean, grubby, dirty. And, and you know, the style then, micromanities were about there, I think. It wasn't the church dress I've been used to. I mean, you wore a long sleeve. I mean, you, you try to look modest. Uh, our women, most of them didn't wear makeup. Uh, so they made up for it in their hairdos. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we were strict, man. I mean, no makeup, no jewelry. Uh, don't go to shows. We, I didn't even go bowling outlets because just just an evil environment. It, one of those bowling balls might jump on you. You know, just, you just had that smoke could get to you. Something, everything. I mean, I I was a Jew in everything. I was separate, separate, separate. And then all of a sudden, you'd see kids come in there, dirty, micromanic, makeup. They'd all smoke maybe like before they came in, and they weren't smoking luckies. Uh, man, I had to learn to spell joint. I, I, went to, I went to see Bob Dylan with them. We went over to uh, the Orpheum in San Fran when Bobby was supposed to have gotten saved. We're there, and, and about halfway, I, and I'm sitting with all these young men. and said, man, we, boy, Bobby's been our guy. Come on, Pastor, you've got to go. I get there, and about halfway through, I said, man, I've never smelled so much perfume in my life. <laughs> and I said, oh, wake up, Pastor. Where you been? I said, man, I get high on aspirin. I don't know anything about drugs. I've been over here in Pentecostal prayer meetings and, man, being holy. They said, well, we've been over here. And we kind of tempted to light up ourselves. And then get out of here. What's going on? You mean this is the church God's given me? And I drive home with Carolyn at night. I said, well, honey, I didn't know this is what starting a church would look like. None of these folks look like the people we grew up with. She said, There's none of them saved, that's why. I thought, well, thank you, Sister Howard. <laughs> you know, okay. She's over there, and uh, I said, what? She said, they don't look saved to me. You look saved? Yeah. She said, they're not dressed. Look at Look how these girls dress. Look at this. Huh. One night, I just said something like this in a group at a coffee house meeting. I said, uh, they wouldn't let me speak, so I'd get my dad to play a blues harmonica and I'd back guitar because they didn't want any preachers. But then my dad and I would sneak in little words. And, uh, but we were just there to do music. And so we got in there one night because, man, these guys are making out during the coffee house, hickeys on the neck. And, and this is supposed to be a Christian coffee house. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? I've never seen Grandma do that in our churches. And so... So I, I thought, what's going on? And so one night there, I just said, I'll tell you when Christ comes into your heart, he'll clean your heart. He'll deliver you. And I just start naming sins, you know, just to kind of get to, he'll deliver you from fornication. And after that meeting, one of those young men came up and said, can I go over to your house? I said, yeah. I said, you said some things I don't know if I understand. He comes to my house and wrote down. And I said, what's your problem? He said, what's fornication? I said, it's probably what you've been doing ever since you're nine. 
You see, I started at 12. Everybody was sleeping with each other, it seemed like. There was no sexual scruples. It was drugs, sex, and church. They couldn't even believe they were coming down. The only reason they really came is I was in a dingy old hall where they had dances every Saturday night. So they knew it was a dance hall. But I went to the study. And so all of a sudden, long hair, guys, the pants all ripped out, wearing sandals, girls' micro minis. Uh, man, they didn't know how to dress. They didn't smell safe. They didn't look safe. They didn't. And one day I could have said, God, are any of these people saved? God said, let's, let's just repeat the theology you say you just came to. Yeah. What all does a man have to do to be right before God? Faith in Jesus Christ alone will make them acceptable to me. But God, when are they going to learn how to dress? I practice see these girls' underwear. When are they going to get length on there? And he just said, uh, the grace of God will teach them. I, I can teach them to dress. Their bigger problem was to be right. And it reminded me of what my father told me in 1936 in a little church. He was in Fryant, California, outside of Fresno. And God was saving all these poor Okies and Arkies that were doing the cotton fields in Fresno. And they were coming out of that dust bowl and they were down there. They were having a great little church. Things were growing and doing good. And then they all just suddenly decided to join up with the denomination. And the man from headquarters came out and he started interviewing this pastor if they would be qualified to be in their denomination. And he said something like this, 1936, bunch of Okies picking cotton. He said, I'm not sure you're qualified to join our denomination. And he said, how come? He said, I notice your women don't wear hose. Your women don't wear hose. You don't pick cotton in hose. You don't wear hose in Fresno at 110 degrees. What's wearing hose got to do with it? And one of the great tragedies of Christianity is we've added a whole lot of other things people have got to do besides the gospel. I showed Howard Hendricks one time what it took to become a member in our church. We used to make you attend a year. Then we compromised and made it six months. And we had, I had this whole list. I was just telling him I felt so proud of it. I was with him at Mount Hermon, and I remember him saying, Good gravy, Howard. It's easier to get to heaven than to join your church. <laughs> I said, well, thank you, Howie. And it just shows you, we are always putting an addition. You get with Christians that can do, they're drinking wine. Oh, man, I wonder if they're right with God. Who knows? Oh, they, they can dress, whoop. Man, you see the makeup on the... You women, you're just outrageous. You all look like Jezebels. You wear so much makeup. <laughs> all this silly stuff that has tracked us, Paul dealt with it from the beginning. Remain Jewish, but be Christian. Be a Gentile, be a Christian. And when you meet each other, let Christ be the basis of your fellowship and not your diet. For now, the sheet's down from heaven we could all eat from the same table. And with that, we come to the end of our time today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church 
here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then, as we conclude our time together today, we would also invite you to partner with us. This radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us, as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large, and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges. No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.